Welcome back to the School of Brujas, a podcast for learning, self-development, self-care, spirituality, and wellness. I am Maria. And I'm Danny. And today we're going to be talking about something that might be affecting a lot more people these days since we're in quarantine. And that's about depression, anxiety, suicide, and all those negative feelings that a lot of us go through, which I personally have gone through myself for sure. Um, so yeah, I don't know if there's a better way to introduce this topic since it's so heavy. I don't know what you think, Maria. Uh, definitely, it's not going to be all the uh, happy vibes and, you know, all the good vibes that we can put out there, but really talk about all of those issues that are coming up even stronger now that we are in self-quarantine, self-isolation, separated from families and, you know, with a very uncertain source of income. You know, there are all of these issues up in the air. And when we have something like depression, it really can, you know, trigger you even more because you're not able to be around friends, be around family. You don't even have the option to travel. And that is something that I encounter at the very beginning of this um, covid COVID-19 process that we're all going through. At the very beginning, I was very fearful and just crying, crying a lot because I couldn't go back to see my parents, to spend time with them and see them and touch them and make sure they're okay. I didn't have the opportunity to do that because what I kept that I kept thinking of is that what if I actually I'm one of those asymptomatic cases and I go home and I infect everybody and God forbid what could happen. So uh, all of those thoughts, and it really comes from a space of fear, right? The uh, information in the media, just feeding you and counting how many deaths every day and how many more people are infected. And as I learn to navigate through these waters of fear, I recognize their sources and The main one is definitely the news and social media. So when I see posts where they are engaging into the um, fear, you know, just counting the deaths and how scary that is and everybody should do this and that and not this and instead of that, all of those rules that they put out in the media and if you don't agree and conform with them, you are, I don't know, like the Antichrist. So it's really, um, it's been a process. So I was able to identify all those sources of fear and I'm still going through it. It's not like, oh, okay, I learned it. I'm all, I'm all good now. It's every day that you have something new come into your doors, uh, a new post that you see in your feed or something that comes into the news uh, that is misquoted, misrepresented and more confusing. So depression to me came up very strongly at the very beginning because again, just not knowing what could happen and just being separated from my family without the opportunity to travel. It just feels like, oh my God, you have no freedom. So I was depressed for a while there, you know, just sitting with all of those thoughts. But my personal experience with depression came in even stronger when I had postpartum depression after a miscarriage. And it was an experience where I had to navigate on my own, never um, hear of postpartum depression from someone in the hospital. I learned it years afterwards, and then I understood that that's what I was going through. When I had the miscarriage uh, afterwards, I just felt like the world was black and white, that everything was just very dull and sad and lonely. And I experienced in my physical body, I just didn't have the uh, willingness and the um, will to move. I mean, didn't have like any desire really to move. It was just like, I felt like laying down in my bed forever. Didn't want to move, didn't want to eat, didn't want anything. Just I just felt like just dying, which was the very, very uh, strange feeling. I had to eventually go back to work, and I did. And as I was experiencing all this sadness and all of those feelings, eventually I decided to like do something to get my body moving. 
and I started running. You know, I started running uh, from uh, work back home and going back and forward, just running around. And that helped me move a lot of those feelings of just uh, lethargic feelings because you don't feel like doing anything. And just bringing more of that prana, more of that life force into your body because you are getting all the circulation going. Your breath is being activated with the movement. So I started to feel better. And eventually I went back to uh, jewelry making, which was something since uh, I started doing in high school. And it was something that brought me joy. So I found ways to incorporate into my life. I had to change things in my life to make sure that I got out from that space of darkness and go back and appreciating the rainbows and the light and the beauty around me, which I wasn't able to do that at the beginning. So for all people that are home right now, it's even, you know, more troubling. If you have depression, you know, my advice, my personal advice from my experience is that find ways to change what you're doing every day, move more, find ways to move your body. And if it means that you have to force yourself to move, let it be. Because sometimes you really have to like push yourself a thousand times harder to get yourself from a space of just laying down and not moving and just crawling under your uh, sheets and, uh, and, and just to stay there in the darkness uh, into a space of like, okay, let me take a shower, get ready, get moving and find something that brings me joy. And, you know, incorporate all of those changes that you could do to, like, bring yourself back into the world that you can create happiness for yourself. Daniela, do you have anything to add to this depression topic? Well, I mean, I, I have enough to probably add for, like, I don't know, at least six hours worth <laughs> so i don't do, think do i need to grab any I, tissues <laughs> <laughs> no no it's really hard for me to like talk about um like specific details because i think there's still some trauma involved that if i did talk specific specifics um mm-hmm. about something that was kind of recent actually that happened to me while we met in those months mm-hmm. that I would need to devote like another, another time to, but I can say this is, um, (sighs) depression is such a heavy thing. And I think probably most people experience it in some way or another, maybe not like chronic depression, but there's always like days where we might feel sad for an extended period of time, sometimes weeks. And, it affects people a lot during the winter, especially it's called seasonal affective disorder. And I have a couple friends who have that. And that has a lot to do with lack of sunshine, which is why I'd rather live in the South or on in a very sunny area. That was like a major mm-hmm. um, goal for me is to get out of the, the Northeast because the sun is very important to me. But um, when it comes to depression, I feel like, I had no idea what depression was as a kid, but when I look back on my life, it's very evident and obvious that I was so depressed um, because it it manifested in physical symptoms for me. Uh, I was very, very young and I'd have stomach aches all of the time. And it wasn't until I took a psychology class when I was much older in college that I read in a book that that's one of the symptoms of a child who has high anxiety and depression. And I was like, Whoa, that's crazy. Cause my aunt used to have to rub my, uh, rub my stomach and give me abdominal massages. Cause I would have such mm-hmm. excruciating pain in my stomach. And I was pretty young, like, I don't know, nine, 10 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's probably many reasons why I was depressed. One of the big reasons having to do with the fact that my parents came here from another country and didn't speak English. So there probably was some kind of like culture shock that they experienced and like unwit- like unknowingly they kind of passed it on to us in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Both of my parents come from a highly traumatized childhood my mom's life story could be a movie it's absolutely insane her dad died when she was uh nine years old and then she got uh 
sent to live with one of her aunts where she was abused. She was raped. She was beaten and a lot of horrible things happened to her. She was extremely poor living in, in like an insane poverty that Americans could never relate to because it's just not something that happens in this country to the degree that it happens in other countries around the world. And she's from Honduras. So, I mean, that's a very poverty stricken country in um, Central America. And same with my dad. Yeah. His dad was an alcoholic and he was beaten by, by his father, you know, as a five-year-old. So my dad has a lot of repression when it comes to his emotions, which is really unfortunate, but you know, it's not their fault as a kid. It's really hard to understand all these things because you have no idea why your parents are so different from all the other parents and it's not their fault. But as a kid, you just can't understand. And so you blame your parents for a lot of the things that happen. And it's not, for me, it was like it was coming from so many different angles. Uh, not just my parents, I was experiencing like a, a emotional disconnection from them. You know, they're not very warm, loving people. So they did, they didn't give me the affection that I so desperately needed as a kid. I didn't get hugs. I didn't get like praise. I didn't get like proud moments, uh, you know, that other kids probably experience, um, when they achieve a milestone, I didn't get any of that and neither did my brother. And so my brother had a really hard time in life and he was getting into a lot of trouble and, he directed a lot of his anger toward me because who knows at the time what was really going on, but I just felt so alone as a child. I I had no one to turn to. I'd cry and cry and no one would come and soothe me ever. And so I was just constantly alone (laughs) in my own little world. Yeah. In my own little uh, made up pretend world that where I thought I was Mm -hmm. like the victim and in a sense, I wouldn't say I was a victim, but I was, it was unfortunate that I had to go through so much suffering at at a young age. And obviously today I can say all that without even remotely getting upset because I realized how much it's helped me in life to have gone through all of that Mm -hmm. stuff at a young age. It's actually one of the biggest blessings in my life because I didn't have an easy childhood. I didn't have a childhood where um, you know, the people who are, who are your parents, they didn't, they didn't think that I was like special in their eyes. I, um, you know, I did also terrible in school. I, I was, uh, one of the problem children. (laughs) I used to beat kids up. I like, um, (laughs) yeah, I, I was from a very young age, five years old. I was, in big trouble for punching other kids in the head. And yeah, I, I had obviously deep problems and it was just now looking back, it's, it's unbelievable how invisible all of that was to everybody around me. And nobody recognized all the signs of anxiety and depression that I was showing nobody and not even the teachers The teachers would just, in second grade, I spent the most of the school year with my table uh, facing away from all the other kids in a corner. And it's shocking to to look back and and realize that that was my childhood. It was just the teachers constantly um, disliking me because I was so uh, energetic, but like uh, disrupting the classroom. And it's Mm -hmm. like, Nobody thought twice to investigate why I might be acting out. Instead, they just kind of punished me. And so I just grew up thinking that was normal, I guess. I have no idea. But I was, was, yeah, yeah, I was disruptive in school up until middle school. I was getting in trouble for disrupting the classroom. And um, my anxiety as a five-year-old was so high, I clearly uh, remember feeling like I was going to die if the teacher picked on me to answer a question. And that's just, I don't know if other kids experience that, but to me, I don't think that's normal whatsoever. So, I mean, this is like something I grew up. And then as a 
teenager, it got so much more worse because then I, you know, in the beginning it was more like crying, but then that turned to anger. And so I used to rebel against absolutely everything my parents said and believed in. And so I declared I was an atheist and, uh, you know, I felt pretty good about hurting my parents. So, oh goodness. Yeah. That's when I've been there, done that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a lot of kids go through that. Definitely. And, you know, it's not uncommon to have suicidal thinking as a teenager, just because of hormones and moodiness. But for me, it was so chronic that, I mean, I would, I would cry myself to sleep, wishing I was dead. I would think about all the ways I could kill myself. I, you know, I had cons- I had people telling me in my own family that I should run away, that it would make everybody's life easier. So I would just go to sleep with all these different voices in my head telling me how stupid I am, how unnecessary I am to be alive. And that was, that was oh, all goodness. I could hear as a kid. Yeah, it was really just terrible. And it does sound terrible, but let me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I oh, wanted yeah, to know how, how were you able to cope and switch into a different direction? Cause I met you and, you know, I saw some of the dark, but I also saw a lot of light that was starting to emerge in you. So what happened? What was the uh, key aspects in your life that had to change in order for you to redirect your life and get control of that depression, that anxiety that was building up in you. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, parents can agree that having a kid is probably the most life-changing experience, but I will say not even having a kid helped shift me. It took a little bit to recognize how important a role of being a mother is before I actually changed And it wasn't until Dylan started himself going to school and then having the exact same behaviors I was doing when I was a kid for him to be that mirror for me that helped me to completely change my life. So even when he was born, like I was obviously very happy to experience this kind of love that I have. Mm -hmm. It's indescribable, but even then I was still very depressed. I was in a very terrible relationship with his dad. It was extremely unhealthy and toxic. And even having him did not change my personality enough to, to like overcome the depression because I also just like you experienced postpartum depression. And, you know, I just wanted to run away from my life. Um, And then when he started to get in trouble in kindergarten, I really started to like freak out a bit. And that led me on a path where I started to ask questions to myself. I think I started to question what was really going on. I think it definitely started from within, but it's almost like a magic thing that happens in the universe that I I truly, truly believe in miracles and magic because of this. Um, my life changed because I met people who helped me change my life. I don't think I could have done it on my own. I found people and resources that um, were pivotal in me understanding that I'm truly the only one responsible for my life. And I'm truly the only one responsible for my son. It doesn't matter that I have my mom helping me. I have to be the one who's a role model for him And it was like a shock. It was like a big slap to the face, a well-deserved slap to the face, might I add, because I was very entitled and I was very like, very much thinking that I could just do whatever I want whenever I want. And my mom will take care of it uh, because she's such a, she was such a terrible mom. She owes it to me. And (laughs) I was really like, it was a rude awakening when I went to Mexico met a shaman and it was one of the toughest experiences in my life because even though he didn't slap me across the face physically, he spoke to me in such a way that it was as if he had slapped me for being so stupid, for being so entitled, for thinking that life is really only about me. um, That's what woke me up that this life is not just about me. It's about everybody around me and how I affect everybody around me, especially with my 
energy and my attitude. And that was the major problem in my life. My own attitude was the major problem. And I definitely, you know, it took a long time to recognize that, but I'm, I mean, there's people who don't recognize that and they're like double my age. So it was a miracle that that happened to me. And that was like the the direction that that happened. Uh, You know, it's, it's making me nervous just talking about it because it's not something I talk to a lot of people about, but I feel like if you start having an inkling that you're the cause of your problems, if you truly want to change your, your life, I feel like the universe intervenes. Like, I feel like the universe puts the people in your path that are supposed to help you. But I will say you can't do it on your own. Maybe some people can, but I find it very hard to believe that somebody who is in that state can do, can, can uh, turn their life around all by themselves. I think um, there are people out there who are qualified to help. If you're feeling super depressed to the point where, you know, you're thinking of taking your own life, I think it's so important to reach out. It's so important to, to share your feelings and it's important to question why those feelings are there. Um, you know, not to blame yourself, but just to recognize that maybe the way that you've been looking at it is just not the really rooted in reality because it may not be rooted in reality at all. What I would like to add to all of that, I think it's just observe your behaviors, observe your attitude, observe that energy. And just when you realize that, you know what, maybe I need to change. And when you are ready and you come to that point, it's like, ask for help. There is so many resources out there. There is people, there is institutions, There is a lot of information that can help you change and make changes in your life where you can see yourself turning. You know, you can change in terms of like lifestyle, movement, diet, meditation, doing yoga, all of those wonderful tools that are available to people. And, you know, it's just really important to be the witness, to be the observer of your own life and just to really come to take on responsibility for your own actions and saying like, Oh shit, I think I messed up, you know? So that is just really important where we all been there and done that. And we did probably a lot of things that we're not proud of, but depression is something debilitating. You feel like you're not empowered and it's something that you definitely need to like, fire yourself up with confidence, with self-esteem, self-trust. So it's just really wonderful to hear your story and witness your changes because, you know, it's, it's something that we can share from experience and say like, okay, this is something I went through and this is how I did it. People showed up in my life, things showed up in my life. And I have to tell you that for the longest time, I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing. I was in a toxic relationship for about eight years, was married. And I was here by myself with my um, ex-husband and his family. Didn't get along. There were a lot of barriers in there. So when all of this was happening, I felt very lonely, very alone. And the only thing that helped me go through it was prayer just praying for uh, guidance and praying for light in my life so that I can figure it out what was wrong with me. Because talking to my um, former in-laws uh, about what I was experiencing was something uh, seen as weakness. So I couldn't show weakness. I couldn't cry. I couldn't be emotional. I couldn't get sick because all of that were um, looked down. You know, they were like mm-hmm. frowned upon. So I was just really confined to my own process, my own experiences and figure it out on my own. And the only thing that really did help was just divine intervention. You know, God just like giving me the strength and the power and just showing up what things that I could do into my life to like change that, you know, started to run. I said like, you know, one day you just, you get the idea like, Ooh, what if I do that? You know, I need to like, 
something has to change because if we do things over and over expecting different results, then we're talking about dementia or not dementia, insanity. You know, that's a whole different concept. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, something needs to change. So I think I need to start running and just see where it takes me. And that took me into like making jewelry. And that took me into like honing in with those creative juices of life and just finding that love for life all over again. And just starting to see color in my life again, which was very empowering. Sometimes, depending on what I have going on in my own life, I go through those experiences once a month with my moon cycle, especially when I'm like really um, working and pushing on too many things all at once that I find like my moon cycle comes very dark, very heavy. And I go through those processes too. And I have to like remind myself to allow the space for rest, allow the space to ask for help because I am a person that. I've been out of my house since I'm 16. You know, I went to college and I lived with my brother. We we had an apartment. We all went to uh, our classes independently. I would like almost never see my brother. So I was really out of my house at 16. Uh, in Peru, you'd only do um, 11 years. Is it 11? Yeah, 11 years of high school. So we finish earlier and we do five years of college instead of four like we do here. So I was out of my house very young, very early, and I just became very independent, you know, doing my own things, working from a very young age. I was My first job was as a, as a librarian, and uh, that was at age 16. I was already accepted into college, so I said, well, what do I do this summer before classes start? And I took that job, and it was a lot of fun. But it all, all of those experiences allow me to like take control of my own life and have the ability to like do things on my own. So asking for help, even now, it's like very, 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 very hard. And um, so I tend to ask for help up there to the celestial beings. I tend to have a practice that it's, it's strong in terms of prayer, just asking for guidance, asking for help. Because they, are, they they became my friends for these past almost 20 years that I've been by myself in a way. Now I was involved in that relationship. Now I am in a new relationship, but it's the same dynamics. My entire family is in Peru, except for yeah. my brother who's in Florida, but he has his own life. And I do have friends and we interact, but it's not the same of having the support of having a child you know, you have this uh, this beautiful child come into your life that allows you to heal your child issues, your child trauma. So it's a wonderful healing experience going on there, and it's wonderful to hear about it. In my case, I have my dog, and you know, I go through <laughs> my processes. And yes, yeah, so it's we're all different. We all experience different degrees of depression, and that happens, I think, more for women sometimes because of all of these things with our moon cycle and all of those hormonal waves and all the emotions that we go through every day, you know? So it's really important for us to honor that space and just knowing to what point is something that you can cope with, make changes, or where there is time for you to ask for help. And sometimes that means professional help so that you have a counselor, you yes. have somebody to talk to, you have somebody to direct you to. And it's important for people to be aware. And that is hard. That is hard for everybody. And even for us, it's like, oh my God, is this something I can do on my own? And for people that are used to like taking care of themselves and doing things independently, it's even harder to ask for help. So honor that space and just witness where you are and, you know, being or asking for for help. It comes from a space of, make, it makes you vulnerable, but there is also a lot of strength that comes from that space of vulnerability. So I found myself that when I reach out and I ask for help, I find, it, I find myself empowered because then you're able to um, speak for yourself and ask ask so you shall receive so it's it's a wonderful law that comes in place but it needs to come from you not from anybody else ask for help whether it's to friends to a professional counselor 
to God, to the spirits, to your ascended masters, to whoever, whatever the earth, you know, just ask for help. So that is a good reminder. Yeah. So thank you for uh, sharing your very personal experiences. And um, I hope that people can find some value in what we're saying and some comfort because we, to all degrees, we all have some sort of darkness in our lives. But there are those moments too that give us a lot of strength. I don't think I would be the same person today if my childhood was all happy, if everything that I went through was just like, oh, so pink and rose and colors and butterflies. It wasn't. <laughs> it takes it takes so many years for you to realize. Yeah. Uh, thank you, ex-husband, for cheating on me. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father, for being verbally abusive and witnessing all the nonsense that I did watch and a very messed up marriage between you and my mom. Thank you for allowing me to witness all of those fights um, and know of your indiscretions at a very early age. You know, I definitely am one of those uh, one of those persons out there that I didn't have a long childhood. I don't, I really have a lot to heal when it comes to my inner child because I became my mom's confidant from age six or seven. I mean, my mom will tell me all the awful things my father was doing when I was very, very young. And I knew a lot of things, you know, and didn't have that experience of being a child. I didn't have the experience of just being a kid and playing and just having the fantasy world and all of that. Uh, from a very early age, I was introduced into the real world, the world of the adults and uh, just getting to know how fucked up people can be. And sometimes that was the people very near to you. So by age 16, I knew that something had to give I remember getting a very awful cold and I was in college then and I mentioned it to a friend who was very involved with this spiritual, very spiritual, very grounded person. And she said, well, you have a lot of forgiveness to bring into your life. Your lungs hold a lot of grief, you know, and it is, you know, if you're aware of chakras and these energy systems and all the emotions that get trapped in there, what she said probably changed my life because for my entire life, I cried so much. I was like a nervous wreck for the longest time. I can't see people raise their voices. Like arguments and people fighting, it flips me out. Like mm -hmm. I get into a space of like very anxious. I, I just feel like I'm being attacked. I'm very empathetic, very highly empathetic. So um, hearing my friend tell me that it really resonated with me. And I said, you know, and she asked me, who do you need to forgive in your life? And the first thing was like, my dad, I need to forgive my father. And from that moment on, I just was very aware. I'm telling you, I wasn't older than 17 at the time. I said, well, I have to like forgive this man. There are so many awful things that I witnessed uh, from his behavior and his interaction with my mom and the world that I need to forgive him because it's really not even about him. It was about me. I'm like having a physical reaction to all the crap that's going on in my life. It's actually in my body. I'm like really like sick. And what she's telling me right now is it's the truth. I feel my body feels that what I am I'm coughing and what I'm puking out and everything else that's coming out, it's all of that grief in my body for all that pain that I've been carrying for all that. And I can't tell you that I'm healed completely, but I'm making progress every day. And it's a process, you know, we all go through. And when we think we're done with one thing, something else comes up and we have to be patient with ourselves, with people, and the processes that we're going through individually and collectively. Yeah, and like what you said right there about how it's progress, that's very true for me because, I, I mean, a part of me thinks that I will never completely, totally heal just because so many um, developmental 
uh, stages in my life were kind of filled with so much trauma that I, I mean, that it would have for me to totally heal, I would have to go and rewrite all of my childhood to look at it a different mm-hmm. way, which is very, ch- mm-hmm. very challenging. So I noticed that I have a lot of very negative behaviors, such as when I do feel a lot of anxiety and depression, I don't like manifest it in the sense that I cry a lot, but I tend to isolate myself a lot. And I don't call the people who are the most important people in my life, you know, like my family members and my friends, I, I tend not to reach out to want to talk to them. Instead, I, I, um, I do this thing where I start ruminating and start overthinking and start focusing on, you know, the negativity that's going on in the world, all of the things that are wrong with me. And it is very hard to break that pattern. But the point is that I'm aware that it's a pattern. So that's the blessing is that I've realized that this is something that happens to me and that I have the choice of whether I can continue these negative cycles or whether I can interrupt them. And the whole point of all of that stuff happening to me is not so that I can live the rest of my life and, you know, be a miserable person and take it out on everybody and be an asshole, which of course I have moments where I'm an asshole, where I lose my temper. I have, I have anger issues, but I don't want to be that person. And I have to make a conscious decision to take a deep breath and choose who, how I'm going to react to something mm-hmm. that might not be worth reacting to at all because the damage that I can do to my son is very, very real. And I do not want to hurt him. And I'm sure I've hurt him, but I always try to keep in mind that as long as I'm doing the best that I can, as much as I can, that he will notice that. And, um, it's, it's, it's not easy because as a parent, you always feel guilty for not doing things correctly. But I think I have to give myself a little bit of just like kudos. um, Yeah. Just like, just relax a bit. Like I have to tell myself to relax that even though, you know, I lose my temper it's not like it could be so much worse. It could be me being like this every day. If I hadn't become aware of the patterns that I go into mm-hmm. and um, something really important too that distinguishes, you know, people like us from other people who kind of stay in that state of depression and anxiety, you know, and that becomes their life is that I think you've, you've realized that all of those things were a lesson and all of the things I experienced were a lesson. And if we look at it as if it's a lesson that we can learn from that makes us stronger, our lives are more enriched, whether there are lessons or not, you can choose to look at it as if it's a lesson. And trust me, (laughs) when you change your mind about how the way you look at things your life completely changes, but it's up to you. You can look at it as if it was like the worst experience and talk about it. Like, Oh, I, you know, blame people and hate them and all that stuff. I could hate a lot of people if I wanted to, but instead I just kind of remember that it's not their fault. Everybody is always trying to do the best that they can with all the information that they've received so far. And that's just the truth. I I've never met somebody who's evil. I've never met somebody who purposely wants to hurt someone else. My parents don't purposely want to hurt me, but they hurt me. But that's because they're human. Mm-hmm. And and people take things so personally. And I just wish everybody would read the four agreements because <laughs> then they would be like, oh shit, I'm not supposed to take this personal. That's their issues. It's their issues that they're projecting onto me. It hurts to be on the other side of their projections, definitely. But imagine yeah. how painful it is to be them, what they've experienced in their life for them to act the way that they do. Like, come on, people don't give, don't they don't extend compassion to other people. They only look at themselves. They only, they only put the microscope on how they're feeling instead of realizing that happy people would never treat somebody badly. If they're unhappy, they're going to act in a negative way that should give you right there. Like 
just the awareness to extend them compassion, just like forgive them. And I, I always pray for forgiveness for everybody that I've hurt. I always pray for forgiveness, even in the ways that I don't know that I've hurt people because I'm sure I have my fucking mouth gets carried away. And I say stupid shit all of the time. And I always, always, always ask for forgiveness to God. Please God help people forgive me. I don't, I don't intend to hurt anyone viciously and And I hope one day people can understand that. I've always only wanted, you know, good for people around me, Um, especially my family. You know, they mean so much to me. And it's a shame that we can't live in a perfect world and stuff. But imagine how beautiful the world would be if we would all just forgive ourselves for acting silly and forgive all the people around us for acting the way that they do. It would just be a completely different world. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you maybe prepared like a tarot thing like you've done before, but this I would do. be an interesting one. <laughs> I do. I, I, picked, I, picked, I picked two cards today, but I just want everybody to say that when it comes to forgiving your parents, because sometimes we learn so much from them, not because they were lovey-dovey mm-hmm. and perfect parents. It's because, you know, they inflicted pain upon us. I normally ask myself and try to put myself in their position. And I think, oh my God, I don't think I will do any better than them. If I was my father, if I was my mom, I don't think I'll do any better. How how do you know that you'll be like the perfect mom, the perfect father, if Mm -hmm. you were in their shoes? And I'm saying, I'll probably fuck them up even more. You know what I mean? (laughs) I just ask myself those questions. I'm thinking, oh, shit, I'm actually very lucky. (laughs) Because not everything. I know. Not everything (laughs) was like all horrible, dark. They were wonderful moments. I cherished many, many moments with my father, with my mom, and I carry them in my heart every day. And I concentrate on that light and that love because I know they love me. They probably didn't know how to be parents because guess what? Nobody goes to school to learn how to be daddy or mommy. And they got children when they were very young. Yeah. So... I don't know. If I had kids when I was 21, I'd probably be a very messy mom because it wouldn't fit my own personal agenda, you know, my goals and being fulfilled as a woman and all that. So I don't know what kind of mom would I be. I made the decision not to have children, which is a whole different story. But looking at my parents, I think, oh my God, they actually did a pretty good job. Because if all of those things didn't happen to me, I wouldn't become strong. I wouldn't become independent. I wouldn't become, you know, bossy and everything else. Like have that force to like push forward and just find my way, find my way, find my way, wherever I go. And having me in that space of darkness for a while, it's also helped me find the light into my life. So it's it's crazy how everything works. But definitely, um, you know, this is not an episode to like really trash your parents. This is an episode <laughs> to recognize all of the lessons that happen with our interactions with them. The lessons that comes from watching mom, watching dad, watching their marriage. And really knowing that there is two different roles, you know, and I had to like learn that my father had a role as a husband and I had a role as a father. His interactions with my mom were awful. I mean, he was the horrible husband. I will never choose him. But as a father, I will pick him over and over. He was a great provider. He was very loving with me. He will like always uh, talk to me in terms of like, oh, well, what do you want to go to school and have all those fatherly conversations. He was wonderful for me, my entire life. And he is up to today talking to him, you know, asking me how I'm doing and encouraging me and everything else. I mean, he's a wonderful dad. As a husband that I observe his interactions with my mom, there's a whole different (laughs) list of things that I can tell you that I do not approve. And I had to go through my own process and I invite people to do the same. This is really not uh, an episode to just really trash the parents not really because then it's just 
putting you into that place of, you know, you're a victim. Oh yeah, boo boo, you're the victim. No, this is a place where we want to encourage people to reclaim their power, right? You are in control of your own life. So just be the observer for a while and see your own life from an outsider perspective and saying like, okay, all of these fact that uh, these really messed up things happened to me. What can I do about it? What can you do to reclaim your power from it? You know, what is the good aspects that were created into your life, into your persona that made you who you are today if those things wouldn't happen? You know, and it's just that there is so much power that we can claim into our lives from our personal experience if we allow that, if we allow our minds, if we allow our hearts to expand, to allow forgiveness for what happened and saying like, okay, well, this happened. I can talk to other people that are going through the same so they can get through it. You know, and that's the power that we want to radiate to everybody that is listening to this podcast. And with that, I end that just pulling these two cards. And for today, we have the angel messages that read, It is safe for you to be powerful. You know how to be powerful in a loving way that benefits others as well as yourself. So I really find this card so fitting for today's uh, podcast because we were talking about depression, we were talking about anxiety, and it's really a space where your power is, is gone. You don't feel like you're in control of anything. And this is a perfect reminder to remember that. It is safe to, for you to be powerful. Yes, look at all of those crazy experiences in your life and find power. Draw the power into your life. People were mean to you. What do you do? How do you cope? How do you move on? How do you make sure that doesn't happen to other people? That is the power that we want people to have. And the other card that came up is Angel Gabriel, blessing us with trust. Trust in the future. Trust in the future that we can create today, that it can be better. Trust in yourself Trust in yourself and the decisions that you do make, that you're going to be supported, that you're going to get the help you need, that you're going to be okay. So I find these two cards really wonderful for today's uh, podcast. So do you have any comments, Daniela? Just one. I just want to add that um, I am really lucky that I got the life that was given to me because I would never, ever go back and change anything. Um, When it comes to how I was raised and to this day, to this day, my parents are almost 70 years old. I think my dad turned 70 this year. My parents are the most hardworking people in the freaking planet. And the fact that they came to this country with absolutely nothing and provided for me, my brother, and my sister. And at the end of the day, they gave us absolutely everything we needed. I wonder how many of us go around blaming our parents for things and Mm -hmm. can also say that our parents have given us absolutely everything that we needed, and we completely ignore that fact. Our parents love us, whether we want to be angry at them and blame them for stuff is irrelevant. Parents love their children. That's just what happens when you're born. And even if they don't know how to be parents, even if they didn't go to school to learn how to be parents, like you said, (laughs) they still are trying to freaking do the best that they can. And I really hope if out of anything from what we've said today, that, you know, if somebody who's listening to this is mad at their parents for whatever reason, for whatever reason that they're, you know, holding in their, in their mind that their parents did them. And yes, I know that there's parents out there who have done, you know, nasty things, said terrible things, projected onto their children. If there's anything you can learn from this is that I hope you can find forgiveness for, you know, your parents being human. Nobody in this planet is perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And I can say with full confidence, Maria, that you're like the most awesome person 
one of the most oh, awesome people so <laughs> I've met. I'm serious. I'm, I was almost homeless for like a month. I didn't know what I was going to do. And if it wasn't for you, I, you know, who knows, but you were so kind to you, me. And you weren't, you were not going to sleep in your car for a month. That was not <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. And you were crazy. <laughs> but the point is, the point is that we all have the power to look at our lives the way that we choose to look at our lives. And I hope that that gets through to someone even if it's just one person who needs to hear this is you have the power, you are powerful. You have all of the power in the world to look at your life in a different perspective that can just dramatically lead to positivity in a million different ways that you would never have expected. I wouldn't be in a relationship right now with like the most amazing man. If I hadn't learned all of these lessons because I would not have been a match to him. I would have been this depressed person and I would have found another toxic relationship. You have the power to yeah. dramatically change your life. And it's it's your personal responsibility to change your life because no one else is going to do it for you. So, yeah, I think that's that's it for me. If you have anything else, I think I'm good. To I, podcast I here. do. I do. And I think that, you know, we started talking about depression and we started adding into these anxiety and we really ended up with a whole different topic that I think is <laughs> worth exploring and that would probably be uh, ancestral healing and healing yeah. your inner child I think those two are really powerful because you know we all have a lot of that you know and uh, that is just like uh, announcing what's coming up in the next uh, episodes, we are going to be talking about that. I think it's worth exploring, worth sharing, and really taking some time to observe and witness what really happened, you know. And we put ourselves out as the guinea pigs, just telling you all of that to just give you a clue how to navigate through all the madness in our lives. So thank you very much for sharing all those personal experiences today, Daniela, that it was so wonderful it's adding so much richness to this podcast so thank you thank you thank you and with everybody else thank you for tuning in for listening to us and being awesome for being awesome today and every day and remember you're powerful you're beautiful you're smart you're confident and you got this thank you peace profound peace mm-hmm.